0: Okay, good afternoon, everyone, to the weekly Bearcat chat. Uh, today's special guest is a longtime dear friend of mine and longtime agent. Uh, we met 1983 in San Domingo. He walked into the clubhouse during Winter League and uh, was introduced to me by Omar Minaya. And since then, we, we've had a very good relationship. Uh, Ray is uh, one of the finest gentlemen I've ever met. And his story is very interesting. Uh, He's a best-selling author, a New York Yankees executive producer, and inspirational speaker. Now, let me give you a little story about his background. His journey began decades ago, when at 16 years old he was caught spraying graffiti on a wall at Yankee Stadium by New York Yankees owner George Steinbrenner. As fate would have it, Steinbrenner decided against putting Ray in jail and instead offered him a second chance making him the bad boy for the greatest franchise in sports history. Ray was propelled into a dream job, sharing the dugout with the Bronx Zoo team of the 70s. He became a positive influence in the fiery clubhouse that included manager Billy Martin, superstar Reggie Jackson, and the legendary Thurman Munson. And for the next 35 years, Steinbrenner and Ray built a special relationship until Steinbrenner's passing in 2010. Steinbrenner's vision lives on through Ray. As a community consultant for the New York Yankees, Ray is immersed in ensuring that veteran players and Yankee rookies promote the tradition of the club's pride and inspiration by visiting terminally sick kids in hospitals and supporting the inner city youth throughout New York. He is the founder of Hanks Yanks, a not-for-profit competitive youth baseball team of underprivileged kids ages 10 to 18, excuse me, sponsored by New York Yankees co-owner Hank Steinbrenner. Ray is an avid writer publishing four children's books. His first book, The Boy of Steel, was number two on the New York Times bestseller list and is currently displayed at the National Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. His third book, One Last Time, Goodbye to Yankee Stadium, reached number one on Amazon's bestseller list. In 2012, he published his memoirs. Yankee Miracles, Life with the Boss, and co-wrote a children's holiday book with Yankees pitcher C.C. Sabathia. As a film producer, Ray developed the full long animated feature film, Henry and Me, about a boy's magical journey as he battles cancer based on his children's books. Voices for the animation include Richard Gere, Cindy Lauper, Chaz Pommentary, Danny Aiello, Louis Guzman, and Paul Simon. Ray is also the associate producer and co-stars in the film stand starring Sofia Vergara and Joe Manganiello. Ray is a member of the international Latino hall of fame and the Ted Williams hall of fame for his humanitarian efforts with children around the country. In 2007, the department of Homeland security honored Ray for his leadership in the Hispanic community and the impact he has made on American society. Additionally, Ray can be heard on weekends on Impact on ESPN Radio, 10.50 a.m. talking baseball and entertainment. He writes a weekly column for the New York Sports Day, uh, www.NewYorkSportsDay.com category columnist Ray Negron. He also writes for Baseball America and Newsmax. A powerful and inspirational speaker, he passionately shares his amazing journey revealing his experience with the Bronx Bombers, special relationship with Steinbrenner, and what it's like to hang around some of baseball greats. And I wanna add that Ray is also a substance abuse counselor as he mentored Dwight Gooden and Darryl Strawberry when they were going through their trials and tribulations. He is also an advisor to Reggie Jackson and his business dealings. So without further ado, my longtime friend and former agent, Ray Negron. You're you muted. Let's see. Thank you very much.
1: That was very nice. Since you said all of that, I don't have to say anymore. Thank you. I'll see you next week. <laughs> but uh, it's good to be on your uh, on your program, Baruch College. I've always been a big, big fan of Baruch, and uh, as I said earlier, I I got my very first base hit in college at Baruch. So, you know, I, I welcome that because it, it probably helped me get drafted at the time. I was uh, actually uh, the second round draft pick for the Pittsburgh Pirates in 1975. And uh, that, that was a great experience for me because of, you know what, it was the first time that in my life I knew that you can do anything if you try hard enough because I never in my wildest imagination thought that I would ever get drafted, let alone play professional baseball. So as I said before, it was a great experience and it led me to do a lot of different things, including be a sports agent and be able to represent Mr. Torres when I was a sports agent and he was with the Dodgers. And uh, when I first saw your, your, your teacher slash coach I really thought that he was going to be like the next Juan Marichal and I was going to make so a million dollars. So, but unfortunately, you know, we fell just a little short, just a little short, you know, but again, it was a nice, it was a nice experience. And all of that, like you said, Mr. Steinbrenner, the fact that he found me in the streets of the Bronx and gave me a life by being, by initially starting me as a bat boy was a uh, greatest thing that could have happened to me, because even to this day, i say the best job I ever had or have will always be that of the New York Yankees' backboard, believe it or not, because it was, you know, you know what it is to be sitting in the dugout and you're watching Reggie hit three home runs in a World Series game, or you're watching Thurman Munson hit the longest home run in a playoff game in 1978, and uh, just to watch the great Bobby Mercer driving five runs to beat the Baltimore Orioles five to four. And he did it because of, uh, of the passing of his friend Thurman Munson. I mean, it was that night that I actually, because of the Yankees and baseball, it was that night that I knew that there was a God. Because that, when we got, after we buried Thurman Munson in 1979, When we went back to the stadium, Steinbrenner was saying, we don't have to play if you don't want. And everybody to a man wanted to play. And you know what? Like Lou Pinella was like, God, we drained. But Bobby Mercer says, no matter what, I'm going to play. And then what happened was all of a sudden, even though he had no energy, no nothing, but he would hit a, a tremendous home run he would drive in five runs, including the last two in the last inning with two outs in a situation where they usually would have pinch hit for him. But Billy Martin said, no, you win it for your guy. And I get, excuse me, I still get emotional because uh, I know how that night was and how we were so hurt in losing Durman and Bobby no matter what, you knew what he was going to do, and he did it. And it was like uh, I knew after he got that big base hit, like I just looked at the sky, and I said, my God, you really do exist. And it was the most incredible thing that to this day I had ever witnessed in anything, let alone a baseball game, because it was bigger than baseball, you know, it was about life. And it was about the pursuit of happiness because for a moment we were happy again after Bobby got that last base hit in that game, you know? And so to this day, I I try to honor, number one, George Steinbrenner and everything that he's done for me and people like me. And uh, I honor the memory of Thurman Munson because he was my friend And uh, you know, I used to drive him to the airport. I mean, he died because he loved his family so much that he wanted to fly home in his private plane uh, as much as he could just to be able to put his kids to sleep. Can you imagine? And to this day, his son, Michael, who is probably 40, 42 years old now. And to this day, he, he has to carry that pain that his father died for them you know what I'm saying but Thurman would not have had it any other way and uh, I am I used to drive him to the airport and we used to talk about that over and over he once asked me how come you always want to drive me to the airport and I said because come on man I'm a, I'm a teenage Puerto Rican in the Bronx world am I going to get a brand new ca- uh, Cadillac to drive around and he just laughed and said, man, you are always crazy. You know, and uh, these, you know, I, I, I miss him to this day. I miss him to this day. And that's why I try to stay in the Bronx as much as possible, even though I live in Long Island, but it's just the history of the Bronx of Brooklyn. Those two boroughs are just like incredible. And the aspect of, I know it's, it's tough. There are gangs. Things to that effect, there's poor situations. But at the same time, the brilliance that comes out of these two boroughs is unbelievable. You know, and the people that have grown out of the Bronx. And so I, I love spending as much time as possible. I love coming to Arthur Avenue in the Bronx because it's beautiful. And I love like, I love hanging out at Gino's Pastries in the Bronx because this is where the greats, even even though they're, they're multi-millionaires and all that, De Niro, Pacino, Chas Palminteri, they all get their pastries. They all get their cappuccino out of here. You know what I'm saying? On any given day, you're going to run into one of these guys in here. And it's like, is that, is that who I think it is? Yes, it is. And and they come here with pride and fun. And, it, and it's great. And, you know... Uh, I've actually have done a movie in in, in this place and in this borough and I I, I just, I love it. I love it. and uh, I just love the aspect of being in baseball and actually being in film, you know, and, and realizing that in life you can do anything if you try hard enough, anything. And if you mess up, it's on you. It ain't on nobody else, it's on you. You know, when I I go through situations, somebody says to me, Ray, uh, aren't you angry with so-and-so because this happened? And I say, no, because what role did I play in it, okay? And that's what life is. Life is about looking in the mirror and facing the the aspect that it's about you. It's about what you can do and it's about what you can't do, you know? And, And that's what it is. And like when, and I'll give you an example of that. When Mr. Torres finished playing baseball, I'm sure he wondered, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And if and if you were going to say that you're going to go into this time tunnel and look 25 years later and see where you're at, at that time, you would have said, nah, no way, no way. And so I look at Jose today and I say, Man, I am so proud of you. I'm proud of what you have done. I'm proud of what you're doing. I'm proud of where way you are. And I'm proud of the fact that you can be a, a great example to all the kids that you deal with. Because number one, you did something. You were a professional baseball player and no one can ever take that away from you. And you, you, you play for an organization that today, they're the world champions. You know what I'm saying? And you was a part of that. So, I mean, I I think that's beautiful. I think that that's beautiful. And I think that your school and all the students there should be able to look up to him and say, hey, thank you for being here. And uh, just with that being said, John, if you, you or your people have any questions per se, I mean, hit me.
2: Yeah, if anybody, uh, for all the people on this call, if you have any questions that you would like to ask, feel free to use the chat and I will, uh, you know, I will talk out the, uh, the things. Um, you know, we were talking, me and you, Ray, before, um, you know, before we went uh, live that I remember you from 1996. And uh, you've been involved with the Yankees all these years. Um, what's different about, you know, and my question is, is you've been with a lot of players that have had their ups and downs. What advice can you give students right now who are, you know, unfortunately we're not playing for obvious reasons. Uh, what advice can you give in all your years of being in sports and sports is about overcoming adversity and winning championships. What advice can you give uh, students about trying to overcome these tough times and stay strong? Uh, what's your best advice?
1: Well, number one, let me just say that. This is, it's this, this is the standard question that I've been dealing with with, with schools all around the country, because they ask me uh, that the same question all the time and the kids and the aspect of them wanting to be on the field and all that stuff. And uh, that's why I, I go to my friend Steve Vicaro, who's a psychologist and uh, someone that, in essence, he's trained for this. And Steve, what, what do you
3: have to say in that regard? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you guys for organizing this for the students. I think it's important to empower our youth, especially at these difficult times during this global pandemic that's ongoing. We don't have a vaccine yet. During this um, tension in our nation, it's uh, divided. And what Ray has done, and I think you capitalize on that, is unite people, not divide. For all those years with the Yankees organizations, this guy here, puts the smiles on other people's faces and all the community things that he does. And as a quote, um, it's like, use your smile to change the world. Don't let the world change your smile. And I think the message that Ray and um, I've been fortunate enough to be part of the last couple of years is to present um, communities that are in need, especially during this pandemic. So it is difficult times, it's difficult for our youth, but it's also a time to come together and understand that we can support one another, no matter where you come from in life, no matter what your beliefs are, it's time to really unite and support each other. And I think higher education is definitely the way to go with that and to do community work to see, you know, look at the neighbors, look at your neighbors, because sometimes they're struggling, you may not know it. And during this pandemic, as long as we look at safe measures to help others, I think that's what we all should do. And I I think I compliment you for bringing this uh, raised work, lifetime work to your school's attention on this. So I've been working with schools for many, many years and it's about success. And some of the students always say success has to do with money or different things like that. It has nothing to do with money. It has everything, how you pay it forward, how you live your life, how you build that legacy, how you support others. And with that success, the money would come. However, the focus has to be on helping others. And I think that's what Rain and has done for his entire life. And I've been blessed to be a part of that and to continue to give back. This morning, we um, organized within the Bronx, 150 churches and community leaders to support the Bronx for Thanksgiving. And this guy is uh, implementing so many great things for his community. I think we all should take note of that.
1: Thank you, Steve. And uh, John, let, let, let me add that uh, Steve is important to me because of the aspect of uh, baseball has gone more into, you know, that you hear about all the analytics and all that, which I hate with a passion because baseball is a, is a, is a, is a human game. It's a game of the mind, a game of the soul. And uh, in, in speaking about the soul, baseball also, in the last 25 years, got more involved with the whole aspect of using psychologists and sports psychology to, in essence, be able to use that the human element. And so, in essence, that's why Steve is important, not only to me, but all the different players that I put him in front of, to be able to talk about letting your soul go so that you can hit uh, a Jose Torres fastball, okay? And, and, and you know, all these things are, are important.
3: Yeah, i like to say how I met Ray a couple of years ago as a psychologist, I was working with students that were um, in a detention center and they, they were being going to be released. I set up a, a job placement training for them before their release. And actually the day of, it was canceled. And I arranged the bus, I arranged for them to be um, released for the day and then to go back. So I scrambled around, I went to a local college on Long Island and I saw that Ray Negron was doing a book presentation. Now I've been a Yankee fan, I never met Ray. So I said, this could be an inspirational story for those students. So I went to Ray and hands down within 30 seconds, he says, bring on your students. It was 16 boys and he put them during the book presentation, not just for the college kids, now for the boys that I was working with. He put them in the front row. He gave his uh, inspirational speech at that time. He had lunch, he signed autographs, he took pictures. And at the end of the day, they were released, but two weeks later, they were returned and two weeks later they released and it changed the lives of those students. After that, that presentation, I went to Ray and I was doing radio shows and I asked him if he would come on my show. And he said, sure. So from that interview, from that initial interview, we've been friends, we've been co-hosts. I produced his play called Bat Boy, but more importantly, the, all the proceeds, the 100% of the proceeds of all the 20 shows that we did go to community efforts like families struggling with autism, suicide prevention, or homelessness, or different things that, we, that folks are challenged with. And that's saw- why I can't pay my rent. <laughs> And that's why I gotta buy his cappuccino here today. <laughs> but, but, but it's really giving back with the foundation from the Yankees that you brought up, Mr. Torres, the, his initial relationship with George Steinbrenner.
2: Nice, uh, I got a question here from our Director of Athletics and Recreation, Heather McCulloch. What is the greatest leadership lesson slash quality you could share with our student athletes, and in particular for those who aspire to be a captain on their team? Um, for me,
1: I I feel that my leadership scenarios I got from my heroes, you know, I believe in heroes. Okay. And they don't have to be George Washington or Abe Lincoln. It could be my uncle. It could be my father. And in my case, it was, it was like, a like Frank Sinatra was a hero to me. And why? Because when I met him, he was cool to me. He treated me like an equal. And that meant the world to me, you know what I'm saying? And every time I saw Mr. Sinatra, he was always like, so how are you doing? So are you believing in yourself? Are you giving it everything you got? And you know, I mean, come on, that's Frank Sinatra. You know what I'm saying? And they, a lot of times they say, sometimes when you meet your heroes, it, it doesn't work out. Well, I've had those moments But in general, the ones that were cool, Billy Martin, the manager of the Yankees, treated me like a son. And the same goes for Mr. Steinbrenner, who can be the tough, he was the toughest man that I ever met, the toughest, but yet slash the nicest, you know? And because of the way, not that he treated me, but the way he treated others like me made him a hero to me, you know? And that, that in turn helped me later on from the standpoint that I took whatever good qualities that Mr. Sinatra had, Billy, Mr. Steinbrenner, any of those uh, qualities that I can use for me, it tried, I, I tried to put it in my, the, the scope of my soul so that I could be a leader. And you know, hey, I have a very sensitive side. I'm a sensitive guy. I cry, but I love to laugh and I love to have fun and I love to share. And so this these are the aspects of what a leader is for me. You know what I'm saying? For you, it might be different, but for me, that's what counts. Cause when I'm leading kids, when I was coaching, the important thing was I treated them like I was there. They were all my kids. And I used to tell them today, Leave your mother and your father at home. They don't count because you belong to me right now. You know, and and when you go home, then I'll give you back to your parents. But until then, you listen to what I say because I'm gonna try to lead you the right way, period. And that's it.
2: Thank you. Uh, Just a reminder for anyone that's on, uh, if you want to ask uh, Ray, Um, our guests here, please let me know. Uh, Just put a a question in the chat. And I have a comment that I wanted to read to you, Ray, from Isabella Mansour. Ray, hello, I just wanna say thank you for sharing and for the great advice you gave. I appreciate how you stay in the Bronx because it's a part of you regardless of the flaws. Also appreciate how you put yourself in our shoes regarding the issues about the pandemic and sports playing. It's important to still be out there even though it's harder even if it's not on the field, but rather giving back. So that was a comment from Isabella.
1: Thank you, God bless. No, I
2: appreciate
1: that, and you know what? I think that that's, that's what we're all doing. If, we, if you have a heart, that's what
0: we do. I want to ask you, that moment where, where Mr. Steinbrenner caught you graffiti in the wall, what went through your mind? What, what, what do you think was going to happen? being that he was such a tough man.
1: Well, the first thing in my mind was, oh my God, the beating that I'm gonna get from my mother tonight, not my father, my mother. She's gonna throw me up against the wall a couple of times. Oh my God, please just don't call my mother. You know, that's the first thing that came into my mind. And then, uh, and, then I, and I didn't really have much time to think because I was actually put in a holding cell and I was there for the longest 20 minutes of my life, but then all of a sudden, Mr. Steinbrenner came back and for whatever reason, he said, give me the kid. And uh, they, the police opened up the holding cell that they had there and they let me out. He took me into the Yankee locker room and he told the equipment manager, give Ray a uniform, give this kid a uniform. And they gave me a uniform that belonged to a, a former Yankee at the time by the name of Jerry Kenny. It was a number two uniform, yes. And uh you could see, they had took the two off, so it just still had the, uh, you could see the stitching on it. And that was because that was the smallest uniform they had. And uh, that night I ran on, I'll never forget that, I ran on the field with Bobby Mercer that night uh, to the tune of Here Come the Yankees. And uh, one of the proud moments ever, because of this whirlwind that I was going through, you know, but basically that was the first thing that came into my mind. And then after that, everything just fell into place.
0: Now, who whose idea was it besides Mr. Steinbrand, uh, Hank, to form Hanks Yanks? And what was the basis for, for your participation on the field?
1: Well, what, what happened was, I grew, up, I grew up with some very shady guys in my life, okay? I really did. A lot of guys, they were drug dealers, okay? I mean, they, you name it. And a lot of them ended up going to jail, okay? And so what happened was this one guy that I knew who had just came out of jail, he, I used to play baseball with him. And he kept on calling me and calling me and calling me. I was, I was sitting with Mr. Steinbrenner and he says, How come you're not picking up your your phone? And I said, because uh, it's a guy I don't wanna talk to. he says, why? And he just came out of prison and I don't wanna be bothered, you know, this and that. And he looked at me, he says, look who's calling the kettle black. I can't believe you. I gave you a chance and you can't give this guy a chance. And he, he, he embarrassed the heck out of me. And so he said, call him right now. Call him, let's see what he wants, I'm curious. And so I called up the guy and the guy had told me that he, uh, that he had been going to this batting page with his sons. And there were all these good players and that what could I do for them? So then after I hung up the telephone, uh, Mr. Steinbrenner says, why, why don't you put them in some team or something? So I said, I said, why don't we just start our own team? And he says, well, you know what? Uh, call Hank and tell him to help you. Hank was his son. And so that's how Hank Shank started. You know, and I knew I wanted it to, to be Hank because uh, he, he, it would get more respect by using the Steinbrenner name. And so we got all these kids, well, you know, the, all the kids on Hank Shank's, they were misfits, but they could play. And we had, and you know, the one thing that we made sure that I wanted, well, I wanted kids of all nationalities. I didn't just want a bunch of Spanish kids. I wanted white kids, I wanted the black kids. And we even went to Chinatown to look for a Chinese kid. How about that one? But we never could find one that could play. But uh, that, that's what happened. And that's how Hanks Yanks was formed.
3: Can I, can I ask a follow up question with that? Because just like George Steinbrenner, left a, an intense mark on Ray. Unfortunately, Hank Steinbrenner just passed away. So what are your thoughts about your relationship with Hank and also carrying on what he set up?
1: You know, every time something like this
3: happens, whereas we
1: lose a sibling or whatever, you know, I get, I get nervous because are, are the next people that are the bosses going to have the same passion as far as philanthropy, et cetera? <laughs> to be able to come through for these kids. And so Hank Steinbrenner just died. And, I, you know, I'm nervous again, especially with the pandemic situation and all that. I, I need someone to really have the same passion so that I can do what I do. And that's the important of it. So, this time'll, the time will tell all.
2: okay so I think we have uh we don't have any more questions um uh Ray any final words first off thank you uh I've come across your name many times both in the press and during my one year with the Yankees um I was telling people that uh before we did it that my Dwight Gooden autograph I got from you when he puts the no hitter so uh but yeah you're obviously you know you, you um you know, you're obviously somebody that's been around and you've been around one of the great institutions of New York. So we want to thank you for your advice and uh, for your, uh, you know, your thoughts and want to encourage everybody. If there's a name that uh, Ray mentioned that you don't know, look it up. And I'm sure that all the names he mentioned today, you're going to find a lot of history. Um, you know, a lot of people don't understand the great history and the, and the great place that the Yankees have. And the Yankees organization has also been incredibly great to the Bronx and New York City. Um, outside of Boston, I think a lot of people like uh, the Yankees. <laughs> okay. any, yeah.
1: I was gonna say that, I was gonna say that uh, for some of the people that remember out there, because this is the question that I get asked. As soon as I finish speaking at a place, as soon as I start walking away, people start asking me little scenarios. So one of them is Derek Jeter, okay? Derek Jeter was one of the finer guys that I met through the years. Great person, has a wonderful foundation called the Turn 2 Foundation, and uh, just a good guy. And he uh, he belongs in the Hall of Fame, and I'm happy for him. Mariano Rivera, the same thing. Mariano Rivera, good guy. Uh, Has done a lot of good things, and he deals strong. I know. (coughs) I'm sorry. nose. And and, and he deals strongly with his church and his and the people. And I'm proud of those two guys because I saw them come in as kids, and I saw them leave as men. And I and so I'm very proud of that. Another guy that who I saw come in as a kid and leave as a man is Don Mattingly. Again, he just won Manager of the Year yesterday and uh, just the fact that he's a good person. You know, and the one thing that you can get out of the game is as long as you're a good person, you know? And whether it's in, in sports or in entertainment, I've been blessed to have done a, you know, quite a few motion pictures and work with some of the greats, including like uh, Chaz Palminteri or whoever the situation may be, Francis Ford Coppola, you know, you name it, Richard Gere uh good people and that's why when, when you last when you stay in the game a long time is because you're a good person per se because it's really hard to beat up on a good person
4: especially now
1: okay especially now you know and, and, and i have to introduce somebody a, a, an institution where is jerome 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 come here one second real quick this guy is a legend, a legend on Arthur Avenue. Arthur Avenue is one of the most famous streets in New York City. And this gentleman over here is a legend. They call him the mayor of Arthur Avenue. If you ever saw the movie, A Bronx Tale, this guy, here he is. I just hung up a chest, too. These are old Baruch College, Uh, Jose Torres, John Yavis, and everybody over there. Say hi to them. How are you
4: guys? And how long have you had this place? This year we're celebrating 60 years. 60 years, and he's only 50-something. Yep. <laughs> a, pandemic, a pandemic celebration we're doing. There we go. Yeah, hey. we, we're having a big party. Ray's the only one that showed up. <laughs> hey, but hey, if
1: any of you like cappuccino, the greatest... Hey, I've been all over the world. The greatest cappuccino in the world, including Mars and Venus is right here in Arthur Avenue, Gino's Pastries in Arthur Avenue, which is made and by we're... his better half, Joanne, okay? Joanne. And that's the out? story.
4: You Listen, know? guys, if you ever come by, just mention, As... Ray, mention Ray's name. We charge you double. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> seriously. Actually, Ray has his own pastry named after him. That's the, right. The Ray's Leche. Yeah. Because <laughs> Jose, they make
1: tres leches here, which is the Dominican. Yeah,
0: which is, Yeah really Easy. good yeah really so, good
1: uh, they call it race Leche
0: <laughs>
1: okay
0: hey, hey, I got a question from from Isabella Mansour she she wants to know about A-Rod Go ahead. Well, okay let me just say this what are your thoughts on A-Rod
1: let me say this about Alex Rodriguez okay. when I needed money Oh, well, I'll tell you what happened. There was a bunch of kids that were sitting outside Yankee Stadium, and they re- and they couldn't afford to go in. I used to sneak them in the park all the time. They love to play baseball, okay, but they couldn't join leagues because they didn't have the money. The funding, yeah. So I went to Alex Rodriguez, and I and I told him about those kids. I went to some other players who told me to go to their foundation or this and that. I ain't had time to waste on that. What I gotta go sit in a board to a board and, and beg, I wasn't gonna do that, okay? And so I, I went to Alex and I asked him, and you know what, for 10 consecutive years, including the years that he got suspended, for 10 consecutive years, he gave me over $10,000 every year to put those kids into Little League programs, okay? That's the Alex Rodriguez that I know. I know that we all have our faults. We all have our faults, but you know what? I found the good in him and he did the right thing by kids who needed his help at the time. And you know what? 10 years later, that, that 14 and 15 year old kid is now 25 and 26. And he remembers that Alex Rodriguez put him through literally, you know, period.
2: Excellent. We had uh well, I think uh, you probably said it, but somebody was asking, what's your favorite pastry at Gino's? But I think we now know the Ray Leche, correct? Leches,
4: man, tres leches. I can't get him to eat a cannoli. Forget no, it. tres leches. You can't get him to eat a cannoli. He asked for a fork and a knife. Fork and I walk
1: in machine. and don't ask me what I want. Just put it on the table. Joanne, put it on the table.
3: Joanne, bring him a And
1: my cappuccino.
4: Oh, you got Italian. one left too.
1: The best, the best. What cappuccino and tres leches come in here, unbelievable.
4: Ray's here. He gets here at Christmas and he stays till. Actually, no, he comes well, until, to, uh, until the
2: baking powder which, is finished.
4: Because for yeah, he comes on New Year's. He stays till Christmas.
2: <laughs> Excellent. Jose, any more questions? Jose went to the bathroom. We'll be right back. <laughs> uh, listen. I want to thank you all for uh, coming on today and giving us uh, some of your valuable time. Um, The student-athletes that we have on here as well as administrators really appreciate the great advice that you give and your perspectives. Um, you You know, when you think about people who have been down and out and you think about people who have been at the very top, I mean, to have been at Yankee Stadium and seen Reggie Jackson hit those three home runs. And by the way, on the first pitch, each one, correct?
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. Three well, pitches. It Three yeah. Yeah. I
4: never knew that. Oh wow. Yeah.
2: wow. yeah. Think about that for a second. So you've obviously seen it. So we want to thank you for um, you know, giving us your wisdom. And uh, yeah, go ahead if you have any more questions.
0: Great. I have Steve, I have I have a question from my assistant coach. He asks, Some athletes have tremendous talent, but it doesn't transfer for less talent for less talented athletes strive. What is the core values that allow for their success?
3: Let's see. Well, I, I think, you know, talent, obviously physical talent is important, but the core values, if you have an inside yourself to give back and to help others and to have that strong foundation, either intact families or, um, you know, divorce family situations, you have to build that within the community work that you do around your, your, your co-workers, around your colleagues and, and, stu- uh, and friends. So it's important to build upon your strengths. See, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of haters out there that's gonna focus in on your negativity. So you have to be strong within yourself to find out what your strengths are mentally as well. Then it's important if it's sports or anything to develop a routine. So consistency is important. So reiterate your goals. You you can write them down, you can put them on the wall. Have, you know, keep your eyes on the prize basically. If you wanna make that team, you keep that going and you have the routine either the consistency, your workout regimen, but also mentally. If your studies, your studies always come first. So do the studies, but focus in and and balance. Balance is the key thing. If you do one thing too much, it's not going to help. I understand if you want to be a professional athlete, that's very important, but those core values and foundation are just as important to get those talents expedited and fulfilled. And I I do want to say two things that, it, for the students out there, you can either be reactive or proactive. It's always better to be proactive because when you're reactive, you're going to your life around you. You're adjusting to that. When you're proactive, you can create your own world and then work with the circumstances around you. So you have a choice. We all have a choice to be reactive or proactive. And the last thing I wanna say is that Ray and I do a show on Bronx net called Reach Out with Ray and Steve every Monday night on channel 68, from 8.30 to 9.30 p.m. The focus is sports, entertainment, and community. And it's the work like we're doing today is really the highlight of our show. So thank you gentlemen for including me
0: along with Ray today. Uh,
2: thank you so much. Great advice, uh, great thinking. Um, Jose?
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if uh, he's mentioned it, but, but Ray's always participated in a turkey giveaway with Caesar Prespa, a longtime Yankee scout who just retired and a dear friend of mine. Um, they give out thousands and thousands of turkeys to underprivileged families in the Bronx. And um, I want to thank you for that. Um, you, you know, to me, uh, you're, you're a great man. You've done a lot of great things for a lot of people because I've witnessed it. And um, I, the work you've done with Hanks Yanks is, is tremendous and I hope it continues. And Ray, thank you for, for your time and, and Steve also. And uh, good-looking Leche there. Make sure, hey, make sure you send the package down to. Make sure when we get back to school, you send a nice box of that to all the to all the students. You know what?
4: I'll, I promise you. I promise okay.
0: you'll get it. Okay. Thank you.
4: You guys are great. Stay safe. Yeah. God bless all the students. Have a great John, holiday. John, you
2: good? Yeah, we're all good. Uh, first off, thanks to uh, our guests today. You guys have been fantastic. I want to also thank everyone that's on uh, this uh, Zoom. Just a reminder, we'll have this up on Brook Athletics YouTube. We'll also have the uh, audio portion of this up on Spotify, Google Podcasts. You know, we're all over the place, thankfully. Um, and I want to say uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Stay safe, and we'll talk to everybody real soon. Hey, get before you leave, Carmine,
1: come on over. I want you to meet our director, who just graduated from. uh, Where did you graduate from? The
4: New York Conservatory for Dramatic Arts. He can't hear you. The New York Conservatory for Dramatic Arts.
1: Okay, he's our director. He's 20 years old, and and again, uh, like your kids uh, over at Baruch, you know, just a kid with a dream, and so he's in essence, you know, trying to go to that next level. He wants to be the next Francis Ford Coppola, and. and Al Pacino well, he got, he got all mapped into advice. one. He got you good know? advice. Oh, yes, he did. He got good advice from Chaz Commentary, who right. spent time with him. And uh, I love that that part of it. And that's what I said to you before, who are our heroes? Heroes are the people that in essence will give you, give you time, who give a damn, you know, who give a damn about our young people. I once asked George Steinbrenner, how can I pay you back for saving my life? Because in my home, I lived there were there were seven boys there were seven boys okay six of them are dead and they lived in, in and out of jail and you name it and then there was me and why am I why am I lone man standing because I had the Yankees and Yankee Stadium as a cocoon whenever I had issues at home and things were bad I ran to the stadium I remember two three in the morning And I would jump on a subway to get back to the stadium because there was bad stuff going on, you understand? And so suppose I didn't have that. Suppose I didn't have the Yankees, you know? So I said to Steinbrenner, please, what can I do to pay you back? Because you gave me life. And he said, just be good to the people behind you. Don't forget the people. Don't forget the people that need help. If I hooked you up, you hook them up in any way you can. And that doesn't mean monetarily. That just means that, hey, I remember one time I was feeling low, low, low is low. And this is George Steinbrenner, the owner of the New York Yankees, said, telling me, let's take a ride. And I jump in his car and we ride around the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? And one time we saw like this really poor guy that was just messed up. And he said, uh, "And he said, Jesus Christ, imagine having to deal with that every day. And then I looked at him and he said, what, what? And I said, I deal with that every day. And he was like really, really quiet and realized what he had said. And then he's ju- he just said, you know, I'll always
4: be there for you, right? And he was. Well, Haley Swindell said, says it best. He did so much good that no one knows about. And I think she said, if more than two people know the good that you do, you did it for all reasons. And you know what? And he and did it, so much good.
1: He did a lot of great things, but at no the end at the end, at the end, like the last five years, I used to say to him, See, you started hearing more and more about what he did because I started to let it out. That's why I did my book and things to that effect. And I had told at the end, he knew that I was right because I said, I don't give a shit. Uh, I, I almost cursed I'm trying not to, uh, but I said, I don't give a damn, but because people need to know what you do because we live in a copycat society yeah. and I rather people copycat the good as opposed to the bad. And you know what? When people saw what he had done and what he was doing, now all of a sudden everybody wants to be a savior, okay? And that's why I, I always love telling the good that he did, not just for people, but the fact that what he did for me, because I'm living proof, you know, what I'm saying I can talk about the aspect of what he did for me, because today I'm breathing, and my co- and my cousins and the siblings that lived with me are gone, you know. And every time I every time I go to the cemetery and I see that, I think about this could have been me. So today I thank George Steinbrenner very much, and that's it.
2: Thank you, great words. Uh, play it forward also, Thank you. is what life is about. You know, always do for others and eventually it comes around. So thank you so much. Uh, it was a, um, you spoke from the heart and, we, and on behalf of Brook College Athletics, thank you.
1: And thank you to my good friend over here because this, this is my brother over here. And, and just like the old Yankee Stadium, you can, I can't go to Yankee Stadium because of the pandemic. But I can come to, to
4: Geno's. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And,
1: and see his wife, who's the best. I, I sneak a kiss every once in a while, you know, until,
4: unless he sees me, but that's okay. That's all right. You know what? He keeps on buying the tres leche. I'll let him kiss him. <laughs> hey, listen, guys, I'm, I'm keeping my word. Uh, if you guys ever need anything, let Ray know. Absolutely. All right. And then uh on Bronxnet
3: channel sixty eight, reach out with Ray and Steve every Monday night, eight thirty to nine thirty p.m. channel sixty eight. You got check check they don't they don't get Baruch, uh but they
1: got bronxnet. Well people some people
4: may live. But,
1: in them, Mars, but they can but they can get on, oh, Fios, uh file well. uh twenty-one thirty-four, I think.
4: Twenty one thirty four. Oh
0: and what's the other one? I I, I hey I, you guys I, keep forgetting these kids are a while, more wiser than us when it comes to all this <laughs> social media stuff yeah. and getting all these channels.
2: Monday, uh,
3: 7 o'clock on YouTube. Reach out with Ray and Steve on YouTube from 7 to 8 p.m. From 7 to 8. YouTube,
2: 7 to 8. Excellent. Thank you so much again for your wise words. Uh, Jose, thank you for your time. Thank you. And uh, take care, everybody. Thanks for visiting the Brew College Athletics Podcast. To listen to this podcast, you can find it on Anchor FM, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, to name the few. And don't forget also to visit our athletic website, brookathletics.com. This has been a presentation of the Brook College Sports Information Department.